Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yogaberry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And I am going to start with saying thank you so much because guess what? And those of you who are following me on Instagram, um, you know that I've been celebrating because um, uh, there are now 20,000 YouTube subscribers to my channel. Wow, it's it's just amazing. So um, yeah, it, it makes me quite emotional because when I started this work um, four years ago is when I kind of started my, my, my scoliosis work for this YouTube channel specifically. And I just said, I'm going to share my practice. I'm going to share what I'm I'm learning on YouTube and I just see if people like it or not. And um, it's amazing to, to see the response and it's amazing to, to see how many people um, benefit from the practice, who, you know, asking me questions and have been supporting me over the years. So if you are one of them, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support and thank you for all of those of you who are joining this show live. Some of you are joining in live, which is always great, um, and asking all your questions and all of that. If you're watching this afterwards, if you're listening to this on my um, podcast, thank you so much. And those of you who don't know, you can actually download, um, download, yes. Well, you can, your Apple podcast app, basically, um, if you search for Backchat, you will actually find it on there as well. Sorry, that was a little bit rambly. But yes, 20,000 um, YouTube subscribers, which is so amazing. And, and thank you so much, guys, for all your support. If you are joining me here live today, we are talking about forward bends. So we are talking about yoga forward bends specifically and I'm going to go through what that exactly means of course um, but before we kind of dive into it and maybe you're if you are here live I see a few of you tuning in right now um, maybe think about some of the poses maybe that you might have some questions about um, and maybe you're wondering if you should be doing them if you should not be doing them. So specifically forward bending is what we're talking about today. But um, before I kind of dive into this topic, and by the way, this was suggested by, um, by the community. So isn't that amazing as well that, you know, you get to choose what I'm talking about here, right? It's not just me making this up, but um, you guys get to decide what is being covered. And you can see I'm in my yoga studio today, so we can actually um, talk about some of those practicalities and, you know, what it what it actually looks like when we're doing those forward bends with scoliosis, of course. 
Good. So a little reminder on Saturday. So this Saturday um, in my membership, and don't worry if you're not a member, um, we have got the fabulous Beth Terranova, who's a strength training expert. She's a, a Schroth therapist. She's a physical therapist. Um, she's got loads and loads of experience with working with people with scoliosis and spinal fusion and or spinal fusion. And she's going to teach a workshop for us, a two hour workshop, which is going to be um, great kind of practical information. We're gonna do a practice. Um, she's going through some of the series, some of the do's and don'ts, equipment and all of that, um, what you should be avoiding, what you, what you should be doing. And she does this in my Shine membership. And um, so it is a members only workshop. However, if you do want to join us, you can just join for one month. You can cancel afterwards if you're not interested in any of the other content, even though it is amazing and there is a lot for you to explore and to learn. We've got a weekly yoga practice. Um, there are lots and lots of curve specific, scoliosis curve specific videos in there. Um, but if you if you are just interested in learning about strength training for scoliosis, then you can just join us for this workshop. Just pay the monthly one month membership and then cancel afterwards. So link is as always in the description below. Um, and I can see some of you joining in. So today, sorry, I'm, I was just talking about the workshop on Saturday, of course, but today we are going to be talking about forward bending. So um, I can see um, a question here from someone who's here. Hello, I have one question. I have now a baby girl. I have upper left, lower right lumbar. How can I properly carry my baby without increasing my curves? Um, that's a that's a great question. And there's a follow up here. Many thanks to I benefit very much from your exercises, especially when I was pregnant. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So so left. So Aliyah, I think that's that's your name, right? If I'm saying it right. So she has got a um, upper left thoracic and a lower right lumbar curvature. Um, so for me, what I would say about this, I would look at the hips, right? I would look at the hips and I would, uh, what I would do if I was in your situation, I would kind of think about where do your, or, or, or kind of look at you from the back maybe, and you can't do this yourself, but maybe you can have someone take a picture of you from the back and look which way your pelvis is shifted. Is it going one way? Is it the other way? If it's in the center, then, you know, it probably doesn't matter so much. But if it's, for example, shifted over towards the right, I would maybe thinking about carrying the baby on the left. If it's shifted over on the left, I would think about carrying the baby on the right. However, I do have two children. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that I did not take this advice. Um, pretty much because you have so many other things to think about, right? And, and you know, of course, uh, scoliosis is, is important, but, um, you know, please don't, don't make it kind of, this is not a forever type of thing, right? Your baby is not 
always going to be a baby. They're going to be growing. And of course, yes, you want to make sure um, that that you're safe and maybe just consider kind of when you're had a, a long day carrying your baby, you do a little bit of exercise to reset. But, you know, I just remember I always carried um, my little ones on my left hip. I think on my left hip, yes. But mainly because I'm right-handed and I needed to do everything with my right hand, right? You, you do kind of have to keep it practical as well, right? I don't know how practical it is for you to going to be carrying baby on the other side and then do everything with your, with your do non-dominant hand. So um, I wouldn't stress about it too much. That's what, what I would say about this. If you are really um, worried, obviously there are the, the baby carriers, of course, that might be a, that's a much better option for, um, for your back, really. And that works, obviously, if they're really little, you can have them strapped on the on the front. You can have them on the back as well, which was what I used to do when they were a little bit older. That's really the best option rather than carrying them on the hip. But I feel you and uh, you're saying you, you feel it has shifted to the left. Um, right lumbar curve. Yeah, that would that would make sense. That would make sense. But again, you know, um, yeah, it's I, 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 I don't think it's the most important thing. I think the more important thing is probably that you're going, doing enough to kind of to reset, to make sure that you're feeling well in your body, that you um, keep strengthening, that you're taking time out for yourself, but don't kind of use your, your child as a not as an exercise prop, but um, yeah you know it's uh, you have to kind of think about what's the most practical for you that's kind of what i would say about this um but yeah shall we talk about forward bending and alia maybe you can and anyone else who's joining here um you might want to tell me if you're if you're practicing yoga right now and if there are any specific poses that you might have be um especially forward bending and i will talk about what that actually means that you might have some questions about. So you're saying it is just to decrease my back pain. Yes. And I think either way is not great, right? Either carrying the baby just on the left side or the right side. Um, it's, it's not the best thing to do if you've got back pain, right? If you can alternate, that's probably, probably better. Um, but yeah, um, anything else that you can do afterwards, you know, to, to reset is going to be a better bet. But let's dive into the, the forward bends a little bit more. Um, if you've just joined me, then come and say hello. Come and say hello in the chat. So what does forward bending actually mean, right? What, what are yoga forward bends? So when we are talking about, and maybe if you are here, Maybe you want to type some examples in the chat. If you can think of some yoga poses that would be classified as forward bends. Um, so anatomically, what, what we're saying, forward bending is not quite the right uh, term because 
what does that actually mean? And I know of, of course, what we need, mean in a, in a yoga class is anything where you're kind of uh, going forwards, right? And forwards is the, the way where your, your eyes are facing. Um, but anatomically, what, what it kind of means is that any pose that takes you towards a fetal position would be called flexion. Right. And um, so this is kind of forward bending uh, means flexion as well. And so it, it means kind of going towards this kind of fetal position. And this could be flexing of the spine. So this could mean kind of rounding the spine. It could also mean flexing the hips. Right. And I will just kind of demonstrate the the difference as I am here on my yoga mat. And if you are listening um, to this, obviously on the podcast, I am just kind of standing up and I'm going to roll forwards. So I'm dropping my head and then just allowing my shoulders to roll forwards. That would be an example of flexing of the spine, flexion of the spine, right? Flexing from the hips would be, so this could also be a forward bend, um, when I'm moving from my pelvis. So I am now bending forwards, but I'm keeping my spine actually in a neutral position. I'm flexing from my hips. And that's also a forward bend, but that's quite a different experience. Um, it feels very, very different, but it's the same thing. It's still a forward bend. So this is why we kind of have to clarify um, what we mean when we when we are talking about this right um, and in terms of you know what what a, what a spine is supposed to do so your spine is designed originally um, to be able to do all these type of movements not the second one because that's coming from the hips but the first one, the rolling down. So it's designed to go into flexion. It's designed to go into extension. So into back bending, not a lot, especially in the thoracic spine, but in the lumbar it is. And then it's designed to turn, to twist. So that would be an example of rotation, right? So these are healthy, functional, movements we need them right we need the flexion of the spine potentially to pick something up from the floor to tie our shoes you know i'm sure you can think of lots of examples where it would be useful um, to have your spine round and go into flexion extension so back bending would be useful if you're picking something up from the top shelf and you can, you can try this just with your arm and not using your spine. But if it's really high, you might have to kind of lift up through the chest and reach something up. And then you will be going into extension. Rotation is useful if you're driving your car and you need to turn around and look what's going on behind you. And you can't just turn your head because you're not an owl. You will have to kind of turn your body around. So again, these are all very useful movements. Um, so in general, we like 
movements of the spine and and what we also have to keep in mind so any movement is great it's great for the fascia for the connective tissue it's great for the discs so they get a little bit of a squeeze and a soak they're being kind of hydrated um, so all these types of movements if we're keeping them in a, in a really good range and what does that mean we're going to discuss they are good movements. So let's just keep this in mind. And why is yoga great? Because it takes the body into all sorts of different uh, movements and shapes. Okay, so Jilly Bean is saying, um, hi, Christine. Sorry, I'm gonna bring this up here. When doing downward dog or any forward bend, I'm never quite sure if my neck and head is in the correct position. Um, how to tell it's correct. And I think that is a, um, I think that's a really, really good question. And I think there is a difference between um, downward dog and between um, other forward bends, right? So the head position kind of depends a little bit uh, which forward bend you're, you're in, right? So should we maybe... Let's take the um, let's take a seated forward bend maybe first, because maybe that makes a little bit more sense. So what we have obviously, so we we know that the spine can kind of go into this flexion position. Now our neck is super mobile, right? Our neck can do even more than what the rest of the spine is doing. So um, I think what you were saying is that because you have so much movement in your head and in your neck, you are not quite sure if you are kind of going into a forward bend, let's say it's a seated forward bend, where should your head be, right? Should it be down here? Should it be up here? Should it be somewhere in the middle? And I, what I would always say to this is the neck in these kind of poses that we hold, the best place for that, for the, for the head and the neck is, um, in a place where the neck is kind of the extension of the rest of the spine. So it's just a continuation. So if your head is forward in the iPhone type position, looking down at your device, then that's not really a continuation. That's like a little break here. Um, if your chin is forward, that's also not a continuation because there, again, there's this little dip here at the back and it's, shortening the back of the neck so it would be somewhere in between whether both sides of the neck can be nice and long and i think the best way i think a forward bend is a really really difficult place to start for this um jilly i think the best place to start is in sitting right and finding the best head position in sitting and that might just mean again you might have to kind of look at your patterns and, and where you tend to be by having someone take a picture of you. But most of us are in a permanent forward head position. Most of us have their chin kind of coming forwards um, and slightly down and um, bringing a lot of tension into the upper back and into the, into the shoulders. So most of us can benefit from bringing the chin in towards the midline and lengthening and then see how that feels it probably feels really weird and not quite sustainable um 
at the end of the day, you do want to be comfortable in a yoga position, but it's just something to think about. That's kind of what I would think about when I am in these poses. In downward dog, I like to um, let go of the head and the neck. That's that's what I feel is the is is kind of feels the best thing for me to do. So if I come into downward dog, what I sometimes see people doing is kind of looking into the space in between the hands and just kind of think about what that does. That really shortens the back of the neck. And it, it does bring a lot of tension into, into the neck and into the shoulder. So how about just letting the head drop and just letting it, it hang? So I am more looking towards the towards my ankles now in the in the pose and it just you just feel um the length and you're just feeling the 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 release of of the neck um so i don't know if that answers your question at all but i think it's it would be really useful i think to kind of start in the standing or in a um in a seated position maybe and think about what is kind of what is a neutral position and that may maybe give you some that might give you some information on how to use this in your in your yoga poses as well so let me know if that makes sense um let's go back and let's talk about scoliosis a little bit more so alia has already said she has got a um a right lumbar and left thoracic curvature okay so julie is saying that's a great explanation thank you so much <laughs> glad it was helpful um so if you have uh, let's say we we have an s curvature and i'm i will link up the scoliosis and the, the forward bending situation now what we know from the way that scoliosis works and and of course some of you might have seen that um, i sometimes use on instagram my t-shirt with a spine on the on the front and that just looks you know it looks like an s basically and um, it goes to the side one and the thoracic to one side and the lumbar to the other side but that's flat right now we are not two-dimensional we are not flat so it's actually not like an S, it's more like a spiral. Um, the spine is more kind of curved. If you think about um, like a, a garden hose or something like that, or a really kind of thick cable and you're bending it, it's not just flat. It's also kind of slightly spiraling. So that's how, what we have to imagine um, that our spine is like. And everything around it organized is also in this, kind of pattern, of course. What we also know is that when we go into flexion of the spine and remember what that means, so it means into kind of this rounded position of the spine, that for scoliosis, what it does, it brings out the maximum amount of rotation. So I'm going to say that again because it's really, really important. So flexion of the spine forward bending from the spine is taking you into maximum amount of rotation. 
which is why if you go to a physiotherapist or if you go to see a doctor and they assess you for scoliosis, guess what they do? They have you bending forwards, right? They take you into the Adams forward bend test to see, um, to be able to see your scoliosis. So they have a look at the rotation and this is this is really really important right and you might if if you haven't done so already and i always do this we do this in my um practice tr transformation which is my um online course coming up in january actually um we kind of we we talk about this and we make sure that we can visualize what's going on in our bodies and i have some everyone kind of film themselves while they're doing this Adam's forward bend, because it's really important that you see what is going on, that you see where is that hump, where is that mountainside, right? Where's that prominence? And you will really be able to see it when you go into flexion of the spine. Now, what does that need for our, what does that mean for our yoga poses? It just means we have to be aware that when we go into forward bends, not all of them, but a lot of them, that our spine will not just forward bend, but it will also twist. So I would always think about, and you know, this is difficult, of course, if you go to a general yoga class, you're not in charge, right? It's the yoga teacher who's kind of in charge, at least in terms of which poses are offered, but you are in charge of your body of course so you cannot change what the yoga teacher is just offering you can opt out of course you can say no i don't feel like doing it but what you can also do is modify right you might want to do it slightly differently so let's do an example let's do um Paschimottanasana, which is a again the seated forward bend so uh, the teacher is saying we're sitting up tall and then we're lengthening and then we're kind of coming into a forward bend there and they're going to have a much better explanation, of course, of this and they're going to give you lots and lots of cues. But let's say your legs are really tight. You have been sitting for a long time. Uh, you're not feeling super flexible and you are doing something that looks like this. Right, so I'm now rounding my spine, I'm flexing, I'm reaching my toes, right? I'm taking hold of my toes, I'm doing what the teacher is saying, um, I'm, I'm bending forwards. But what I'm also doing, remember, so I'm flexing my spine. If I had a thoracic curvature, and my main curvature is a lumbar curve, by the way, but if I had a major thoracic curvature, my whole trunk would be rotated and twisted as well while I'm doing this. Is that what the teacher wanted? Probably not. And it's it's okay for you know someone with a very mild scoliosis, someone who does not have any problems, who does not have osteoporosis, um, who is general super strong, fit and healthy. That might be absolutely fine, right? But um, for someone who might have quite a, a severe scoliosis or even moderate scoliosis, that might be a problem. So what could be a better way of doing this? And there's a number of things that you can do. So first of all, I would say, 
if you cannot go further than this, right? And if if you, if you want to move forwards further and you have to use your spine to be able to do this, maybe it's your hamstrings that are really tight. What can you do? You use a blanket. You roll it up, bring it underneath the backs of the knees. Ah, what a relief, right? And then you, you see again, now I'm actually able to move my pelvis a lot more. So I can allow my pelvis to roll forwards a little bit more. So the movement is now hip flexion, right? It's coming from the hips. And can you see, I'm not actually rounding, I'm not having to round my spine, but I'm coming into a forward bend, right? Again, if I want to go further, yeah, I can go a little bit further from my pelvis, but there will be a point where, again, I will start to round my spine. Now, if that's what I want to do, then great. And there might be, you know, reasons why, um, why you might want to do this. But for most of us, and especially anyone with scoliosis, why would you want to go into flexion and take you further into your scoliosis? I don't know, you know, you, you, you tell me. For me, the other thing to think about is how much how much flexion are you doing already in your day to day life, right? Uh, now, I personally, um, yes, I teach yoga, but I also teach a lot of yoga on Zoom, um, and I sit a lot at my computer. Um, I, you know, I do lots and lots of things in the in the house in the summer I do gardening not so much right now but all of these things pretty much all of them are taking me into flexion all of them pretty much all of them my arms are always forwards um, I'm looking down my upper body is definitely going into flexion and we haven't even talked about the lumbar spine just yet but this is kind of our general pattern, right? We are already doing this. So why would we want to do even more of that? I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it kind of doesn't really, I would rather, you know, I would rather be lengthening, to be honest. And if anything, I would like to be backbending, to be honest, um, if I have been doing a lot of this. So maybe, you know, kind of think about this when you are in a, in a general class, what would be kind of um, a more productive way of, of doing some of these poses. And using props is, is, actually, um, is actually really, really useful. Good, so Shalina is saying, great explanation, explanation. Thank you so much, Shalina. And I just want to, you know, I don't want to make it sound like <sighs> forward bends are the devil. <laughs> That's not true, you know, we, we always have to weigh up the, the benefits versus the risks, right? And maybe some of you, you know, maybe you have got some ideas why you might like forward bends and why you, why you might want to practice them. And for me, one of the reasons why I might want to practice some forward bends is from an energetic perspective, right? So forward bends, you know, when, especially when kind of when we're going into this downward position, when the head comes forwards, 
they are soothing, they are calming, especially if they are supported. Um, they bring the energy down. Um, backbends, they are generally quite um, invigorating, they're quite energetic. So from an energetic perspective, you might be wanting to practice some forward bends, right? So again, maybe there's a slightly different way of practicing. And I love this restorative um, forward bend. And I do realize that I'm just talking about pretty much one pose right now, um, but we can definitely, you know, let's take a wide, let's take a wide legged forward bend just to mix it up. <laughs> So again, you know, if I could be in a, in a general class and the teacher says, come take your legs wide and then start to walk your hands forwards. Now my pelvis is kind of, doesn't go any further than that. I just walk my hands forwards. I go into this rounded position. I have scoliosis and I actually also add, have a twist in there. Not great, right? This, this, this will not feel very good, especially if you are staying there a little bit longer. So what I would much rather like to do is, for example, you use a bolster, put it up this way. Again, you could support the backs of the knees like we did in the previous pose. And then again, your pelvis is doing the work. So it's rolling forwards. That's where the movement is. And then you rest the forehead on the bolster. So you still get this release around the shoulders, around the neck. Your head is supported. It's a forward bend. But what you do not have is that rotation and um, that, that twist that I was talking about added into that pose, which isn't supposed to be like that, right? So. Um, yeah, something something to consider and, and maybe something to think about. Let me know, of course, if you have any other questions, and I'm, I'm not quite finished, I'm going to be talking about osteoporosis, but let me know if there are any kind of specific yoga poses that maybe you, you're finding challenging. Um, and we talked, of course, a little bit about downward dog, which is another kind of example of it's more about how you practice and downward dog should not have any flexion in the spine but what I sometimes see is people kind of coming from all fours and they um, want to do what the teacher does which is straightening their legs now but they have really tight hamstrings so it looks a little bit more like this that their back is rounded because they really want to get their legs straight now with scoliosis again this is going to go into your pattern and it's bringing in that twist giving you all sorts of different problems that you don't want how about rather than being here softening the knees pressing through the hands lengthening sending the tailbone up towards the ceiling and lengthening this way and yes my head should be dropping here so that I can release the tension at the back of the neck. It's just difficult to talk in this. <laughs> but um, hopefully that makes sense. So just a different example of a forward bend. And um, I think we'll do a, a standing one as well. 
because that's important. But let me know, guys, if that makes sense so far. Good. Lovely. So let's talk about osteoporosis. And there have been quite a few studies. So if you are interested in this in this topic, um, there are some some great books. And I had uh, Dr. Lani Sampson on this. I was I'm just looking up because I'm looking for her book and see if if it's up there. And then I would show it. Oh, there we are. Let me get it. So this is her book bone health guide it's quite a good book um, about osteoporosis and, and bone density if if anyone is interested okay julie is saying i can see that's a much better position for the back that was for downward dog i would um imagine good how to know your curve without x-ray um, the, I actually have a video <laughs> about this, and it's one, if you look at my YouTube channel, it's, it's probably one of the kind of the first ones. Um, the basics is the, is the playlist, and it tells you how you can find out your curve pattern as well. Um, but yeah, coming back to osteoporosis. So um, this is a great, great read for anyone who's interested in this topic. But bearing in mind that scoliosis and osteoporosis often go hand in hand unfortunately so a lot of people with scoliosis have got low bone density and osteoporosis later on what you will always find is kind of the the, the risks of osteoporosis of course is fractures right it's fractures of the spine and how do you get these fractures um, you can get them, obviously, if you have a fall. Um, so it's it's important to be able to avoid kind of anything that would um, cause you to fall. It's, it's, it's important to work on balance. So this is, again, why yoga is, is really useful, because we do work on, on balance and all of that and strength of the legs. And then the other, the other um, risk factor is unfortunately flexion of the spine so again if you're kind of going into this rounded um, fetal position type of movement this is kind of the most risk in terms of osteoporosis and little fractures of the spine so usually if you tell your yoga teacher you've got osteoporosis um, they will tell you hopefully that these are the poses you want to kind of hold off from a little bit so do a little bit less and you know i i showed you already for those of you missed it a couple of variations where you can just tone it down a little bit right you do not have to go to the fullest version you certainly don't have to do everything the way that the teacher does or that everyone else does in the class right you can always do a little bit less and you're still doing the pose um good so osteoporosis basically avoid going into into deep flexion and again you know what is the reason why we do so much forward bending anyway do we have to i i kind of taken them pretty much out of my 
practice and even out of my classes. I do teach them in the way that I showed before, but there isn't a lot of kind of trying to grab your toes or a lot of taking you into, into that rounded situation because we do enough of that anyway in day-to-day in -day life. Okay, shall we do a standing forward bend? Um, I'm gonna answer that for you. Yes, we are. So I'm gonna come into standing and I'm going to take the example of um, Paswatanasana, which is the, the Sanskrit name, and that was probably a terrible pronunciation. Um, pyramid pose is the English name for this. And sometimes how you, how you see this in um, Ashtanga version, I think, you kind of bring the hands behind the back, press the hands together, and then you come into forward bend. And my feet are probably not far enough apart. And then I'm doing it really badly, by the way, now and you're being told to kind of bring your head down towards the knee. Now, you can, you can tell that I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> it, it kind of does all sorts of things that I don't want for my back, right? It's, it's, bringing, it's rolling my shoulders forwards as I go forwards, right? Um, it's taking my spine into flexion. A little bit of twist. Now, my main curvature is a lumbar curve, so my hips are asymmetric. I'm basically not enjoying it very much, right? This is not the right, or this way at least, is not quite the right pose for me. What would be a better thing, and I'm going to turn around and do the other side, not because that's better for me, but just to even myself out now. First of all is I'm going to keep the hands on the hips, right? I do not want my shoulders to be rolling forwards. I want to keep the front of the chest open, having the hands on the hips helps me to lengthen out of my spine. And then again, I am moving from my hips. So I'm making sure, and if I use my hands, I, I can keep my hands on my pelvis and make sure the whole pelvis is rolling forwards, right? So I'm keeping my spine actually in a neutral position, osteoporosis friendly, scoliosis friendly. And then I can find out how far can I go, right? And this is probably at the moment as far as I can go. There's no way I can go further. First of all, I'm going to come up and take a breath. This is hard work, right? This is much more work than doing this, what I did before, just kind of letting myself collapse down into the pose. But so much more beneficial, right? I'm getting length, I'm getting stability, I'm getting strength. And yes, I'm not going very far, but so much more productive, right? I can really think about what do I need to lengthen? What do I need to open? Concavities can stay open, convexities, I can keep them in. And if you find this super confusing now, <laughs> don't worry. Um, you know, those of you who are familiar, of, of course, with with my back chats and um, with the way that I teach, you will be familiar with all those terms. If you're not familiar with them um, and you do want to to learn a little bit more, of course, then you might want to to join the practice transformation in January, which is going to be really, really um, kind of it's like a deep dive into all of these terms. 
but I'm hoping that this makes sense for you, um, that that gives you a little bit of something to think about for your personal practice, um, for the way that you teach. Maybe some of you are yoga teachers, the way that you demonstrate, um, the way that you kind of copy or, or, or try to do what somebody else does. So always think about what do you want to get out of it and what are the risks versus the, the benefits. And hopefully that kind of gave you some uh, little nuggets and, and things of, well, some information about what the risks could be, right? And they don't have to be this, of course. And um, it is very important. And Anurag was, was saying, you know, how do you know your curve pattern? that's the first thing that you need to find out right this this is very very important that you actually know what's going on and then you can work with it um, then you can really make your practice your own good so again if you if you do want to join us on saturday make sure that you join the shine membership in the next couple of days um, so that you will get the link for the practice with Beth. And this is the strength training one. So we're gonna be using some weights and we're gonna be using some resistance bands. There'll be a kind of theory part, there'll be a practical part, um, but she is amazing. She used to, to work with lots of people coming straight out of spinal surgery. Um, she has scoliosis herself huge amount of knowledge different from what i know what what i practice so and I, I always think that strength and resistance training really um is such a great balance for yoga which is which is i love it it's super important um but sometimes you know we need slightly different things about for different kind of parts or different phases in our lives as well Good. Thank you. Liz is saying very helpful tips. Christine, thank you. You're very welcome. Um, so next week, guys, I'll be chatting with um, Hope, who is a personal trainer. And so we are going to be talking about some different exercises again, not just yoga, um, for spinal fusion specifically. So if you do have spinal fusion or if you're interested in joining this chat, come back next week. And otherwise, thank you so much for watching, for staying until the end, for listening, what I have to say, for supporting me, of course. Again, thank you so much. 20,000 YouTube subscribers. Wow. Thanks, guys. And I see you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.